Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Our Ladies Fighting Tigers, morning of prayer. We're so thankful for your presence and your intercession now and throughout the semesters. Um, if this is your first time with us, Our Ladies Fighting Tigers is an intercessory prayer group that commits to interceding for the ministry of Christ the King and the campus of LSU. We do stuff like this once a semester where we have a prayer gathering. So for the rest of the morning, we're gonna hear from our speaker, have some time of silent adoration, and then conclude with mass. So thank you all again for being here. I'm happy to introduce our speaker for the morning. This is Katie Ibarra. Katie is a mom of five children, two living and three in heaven. She is also a proud alumna of Christ the King and LSU. She's a former focus missionary serving from 2010 to 2013 at Auburn University and Belmont Abbey College. She was actually the first focus missionary from the beautiful state of Louisiana and is incredibly proud to see how much focus has grown in 10 years. She's passionate about relational ministry and meeting people in the beautiful mess of their lives. She is now working as a part-time campus minister at Christ the King with a focus on prayer and spiritual direction. Wow, I've never given a talk with Jesus like right there. That's <laughs> a huge gift. Um, so why don't we begin just with prayer. Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we offer our hearts to you this morning. We ask that you do with them what you will. I ask that you draw me close to your heart during this talk and with me Lord, all that you have gathered here. I ask that you bless them abundantly and remind them of your abundant fatherhood. Mother Mary, pray for us, pray for me, and pray for all that we love. We ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. So again, I want to thank you for being here. Um, again, this is amazing to me that you are all here. Uh, when I was at Christ the King, there was like six of us at daily mass, and um, something like this, you know, didn't exist, and it, it's a huge gift. It just shows the growth that we've had, um, and I'm just so humbled to be able to be with you. Um, so thank you for your yes to the Lord, and for your prayers and just the ways you've been generous um, to Christ the King and just to God in general. Um, just thank you. So today what the Lord kind of put on my heart was identity. What does identity mean? Who are we? Our young people are having an identity crisis, but I like to think all of us are, you know? Um, you leave high school, you go to college, who am I, you know? You leave college, you try and find your first job, you land your first job, who am I, you know? You get married, who am I? 
you have your first child, who am I, <laughs> you know? Um, your first child grows, you know, every day, question of who am I, you know? Your child leaves the house, who am I? You know, constant question of, of who, who we are, right? We're all searching for it, and, and sometimes it can feel nebulous. Um, and in our gospel today, uh, beautiful, beautiful story of Nathaniel, um, and it says this, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Here is a true child of Israel. There is no duplicity in him. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the king of Israel. So I don't know about you, but um, if I'm ever in a public place or a crowd and someone comes up to me and says, I know you, my first thought is like, how? You know, like I'm skeptical, right? I'm like, how do you know me? You know, that's weird, you know, I know your name, you know. We're kind of skeptical at first, right? And even more, you know, how much if Jesus himself came up to you and said, your name, Katie, I know who you are. I think all of us innately would be afraid. Oh, you know, and think, oh, well, you know who I am. I guess I'm supposed to know who I am, right? For some reason, it incites this fear. But what I feel in my heart for all of us is that the Lord and God the Father himself wants, us to, wants to give us security, security in who we are in him that he sees he knows and so in the turmoil of life we can have a sturdy shelter our young people can have a sturdy shelter of their identity in the father and as parents and caregivers and um, you know mentors Children, you know, look to us for security, right, to remind us of who they are, right? And especially in this day and age when our young people are pulled in many different directions. I mean, just think about going to a grocery store and trying to pick out a tub of peanut butter. I mean, there's so many choices, right? Like, which do I get? Do I get crunchy? Do I get creamy? Do I get the natural? Do I get the not natural? Now, this is just an example of the anxiety that our young people feel every day, trying to figure out who they are. Their choices are endless, and this is scary, right? And what we might not realize as parents and mentors is we give them that security, right? of reminding them of who they are, that they can be free to mess up, to, you know, try new things, right? Because they know, just like Nathaniel, I might not know who I am yet, but I know my mom does. I know my father does. I know this person that cares about me does. Sometimes I've, you know, I mentor young people, and sometimes it's when they're describing their struggle to find themselves, what they're describing feels more like a horror movie when they're walking around scared of what's around the corner. When what God the Father 
once for them in the discovery of who they are to be more like a hiking trip with friends. Right? I'm walking, I'm walking in this beautiful sunset and I know I have a destination. I don't know how long it's gonna take me to get there. I don't exactly know where I'm going, but I'm with people I love. So how do you, as parents, as caregivers, as mentors, give them that security, give young people that security? And that's unconditional love. Now as a new parent, I have two young girls, four and three, that scared me to death. How am I supposed to give my children unconditional love? I don't want to spoil them, right? But I've recognized, especially through my youngest, my oldest daughter, how much they need this and how much security this gives them. So my oldest, Ellie, is probably the most emotionally aware four-year-old slash person I've ever met in my life. She is incredible. And um, when I mess up or I yell at her or I get upset or she breaks a rule, she always reminds me because she always asks me this question, Mom, do you still love me? Right? Breaks my heart. Of course, Ellie, I still love you. Even when I mess up, Yes, Ellie, even when you mess up. Even when I break the rules. Yes, even when you break the rules. Well, Mommy, when you yell at me, it makes me feel like you don't love me. <laughs> right? The emotion awareness of this four-year-old is incredible. So she, so I'm like, I'm so sorry, Ellie. You know, I shouldn't yell at you. I was like, you know, and we all mess up. So, you know, giving her the speech and everything. And so... It's just, it's just beautiful how this, this sweet child has shown me, right, that I, don't, that I can still mirror that unconditional love of God the Father um, and Mary, right, through my love for her. Um, that very imperfect offering of myself to her and in love, right? Um, you know, I, my, my father recently passed away and I've been reflecting just on his unconditional love as a father and um, it's so funny, when I was here at LSU, one of my favorite stories about my dad is that uh, I was, you know, it was a particularly fun month, and I've, I'd spent a lot of money, and I kind of knew my bank account was going to be overdrawn, you know, and I knew I was going to have no money, so I was dreading that conversation, you know, with my dad, calling him and being like, Dad, I, I have no money, you know. And the next morning I woke up, and there was money in my account, and I thought this was magic. I had no idea how it got there. I thought it was Jesus just giving me money, right? So I call my dad and I said, Dad, you'll never believe it. I'm like, I thought I was going to overdraft my account and I went in and there was money there that just appeared. <laughs> and my sweet father just laughed and laughed and laughed because my motto in high school, at the high school I went to, their motto was God will provide. So my dad used to call himself God because... He, he provided, right? So my dad just laughed and said, oh, Katie, yes, God provided for you, yes. And that's called overdraft. When, when you overdraft your account, my money goes in. And I was like, what? And I was just amazed, right? <laughs> um, and my sweet father, you know, he would give me money whenever I need it, 
and he would keep this like log of all the money that I gave him, right? My debt to him, okay? And he was very, very meticulous about it. And once I got my first job, he's like, are you gonna, you know, you're gonna start paying us back or whatever? And so, you know, um, but when my dad would get really happy or it'd be like my birthday or a special event or something, or he'd had a couple glasses of wine, he'd be like, $100 off your debt, you know? Like, he'd just be like, debt gone, you know? Um, he was just, <laughs> he was just so generous with himself, both providing for me, giving me that security to know if I didn't have any money, right, like who to fall back on, right? But even more than that, he gave me the security of love, right, that our young people so desperately need. So I just want to encourage you and thank you for the love you give to your children, to those that you serve, everyone here that serves young people, just thank you. Um, you know, after my dad passed, I was going through his files and I found that sheet, right, of, of the debt, you know, and I'd paid back some of it and everything. And you'll never believe what was on it. It's like a huge X. He must have done this like the last week of his life. A huge X and it said, princess, you don't owe me anything because you've given me everything. He said, sorry, I'm going to say that without crying. So you can hear the power of it, right? Princess, you don't owe me anything because you've given me everything. Right? What a gift, God, you know? Like, what an image of God the Father, right? No matter what I did, my dad would be there, right? What freedom to be, to mess up, right? To, to come back, right? So I'm so grateful to God that I had a father and a mother like that, right, uh, that showed me the heart of the father. But so many of our young people sadly don't, right? So even though, even your motherhood for them, as you pray for them, and they have no idea that you do, your fatherhood for them, that brings this kind of unconditional love and security in their life. But this is hard, <laughs> Right? I'm sure it wasn't easy for my dad to constantly be picking up after my mess. Right? It's not easy for me to love my children when they're being difficult. Right? So what I want to encourage you with today is that you need to be first, you need to first be loved. You need to find your identity in Christ first. It is a, it's first and foremost a question of your own personal holiness. You can pray and intercede, right? And those things are gifts, but sometimes we can focus so much on our children and on other people, we forget about our own growth. Right? You know, um, St. Therese, I'm listening to her story of a soul. My goodness, that woman loved Jesus. I mean, loved Jesus. And she had this phrase, um, you know, because she was given, first she was given as one seminarian, and she, she just adored the seminarian, would pray for him, offer everything for him. And then the novice mother gave her another seminarian. And she told the, nov the novice mother, I can't do this. Like, I've given my heart to already the one. How can I separate my heart and give it to another? And then she became novice mother, where she was in charge of all the novices. And you just hear it in her in her heart. She's just, I can't do it. I can't give them, I can't give all of them my everything. And then Jesus gave her this phrase in prayer. And the phrase was, draw me. 
and it was from scripture and what it was 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 Jesus draw my heart to you and in drawing me you draw everyone I love completely so my encouragement for you is draw near to Christ have you surrendered everything to him everything my brothers and sisters your finances your homes your children your family members your worries your joys your work your insecurities your sins your whole heart and life and then in doing that do you believe in God's unconditional love you know when my father was sick I I had this quote that was constantly in my mind and it was this it was from St. John Christendom and it said in every circumstance of life yield to the incomprehensibility of God's providence every word of that just like struck me yield is not something comfortable it's not easy it's a surrender incomprehensibility I'm not always gonna understand it right I don't understand death I don't understand sorrow but what I do know is that in my sorrow I have experienced God's providence and in my joys, I have experienced God's providence. And if I'm going to yield to anything, I'm going to yield to that. Right? So surrender yourselves to God and receive his love. And in doing so, he will draw the people that you love. You know, my dad, later in his life, um, I'm pretty sure when we were younger, my mom's not um, a practicing Catholic, and I'm pretty sure when we were younger, my dad would go to church just because he wanted us to have the faith. So it's not really something we would talk about or I would see him, but he was faithful to going to church every Sunday. And then my, I'm blessed to have a brother who's a Catholic priest. And when my brother chose to become a priest, it completely changed my dad's life. Um, I mean, he would weep at all of my brother's masses. And from that moment on, my, there was a change in my father. He, he became what I like to call the cute old church man. I mean, I'm dri- I drove his car here, and I looked in his console for a pen, and there was prayer book after prayer book after prayer book after prayer book. I was like, gosh, I didn't know my dad prayed this much, <laughs> right? But he fell in love with Jesus, and I saw it, right? Because he would always tell me, God will provide. But then later on in his life, he showed me that God will provide by, the, by his faith in him. When I would go to him with my own struggles in my family life, he would just tell me, Katie, God is, God is Father and he's going to take care of us. Don't be afraid, right? So, again, I offer this to you. Surrender your hearts to Jesus, and he will draw those you love with him. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. The ministry here is possible thanks to our generous supporters. If you would like to become a CTK Golden Giver or learn more, please check our website. Your monthly financial support reaches hearts across LSU's campus and beyond. Details can be found on the website at ctklsu.org.